Well, hey guys, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can gather together, yes, even when we're spread apart, and just attempt to remember what matters most. So if you're listening to this right as it aired, you know that we're right in the middle of summer, which for many of us brings new rhythms, new schedules, possibly some extra chaos, but hopefully a much needed dose of rest as well. Or if you're listening to this weeks and months down the road, I know the God who created you and loves you more than you can even fathom. I promise He can meet you right here, right where you are. So if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it such a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new episode into your speakers, your earbuds, every other Tuesday. And with me today is my fabulous co-host, my good friend, Cindy Beal. And y'all, we love getting to partner with the women of our church, Life Church, while also remaining super passionate about locking arms with Jesus-loving, courageous women from all over the world. But I do need to let you know that today marks the last episode of this season. We'll be taking a brief summer break before we fire back up with more life-giving conversations mid-August. And though it'll certainly be a little sad to not see the messy table pop up on my podcast app every other Tuesday, it's actually the perfect time to catch up on some of those amazing episodes you might've missed. Guys, we know it has been one heck of a year and many days on many hard days. These stories of God's faithfulness have absolutely carried me through. So whether you're hauling kids to the pool or working out in the yard or out on a run or out on vacation or simply going through the motions of an ordinary day, you can truly always be certain that God is at work in your mess. So I need you to go ahead and get ready because Cindy and I have a treat. I'm talking a treat for you today during this very special episode. Guys, Kim Heineke is 100% just a spark of joy. And I promise you will leave this conversation feeling more certain of God's love and more encouraged than ever that no matter your situation, there is actually always hope. Kim has lived through a plethora of relationship statuses. From single to married to divorced to being a single mom to being remarried and finally the proud advocate of her beautifully blended family. But really, that's just the tip of the iceberg as she's had to navigate difficult seasons from her own childhood to her own marriage to parenting her own teenagers. Guys, there is so much to learn from the incredible Kim Heineke. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair and join Cindy and me for a chat with Kim. Well, People, I have the best surprise for you for the Messy Table podcast. Ever. Right, Jen? Oh, yeah. One of my best friends in the entire world, Kim Heineke, is our guest. Yeah. I know, you guys, you don't even know the goodness coming your way. We have been in each other's corner. We have been doing life together for 13 years, and we've you, seen the Cindy good. Beale, who is time. speaking. Yeah, this is Cindy Beale, by the way. <laughs> we have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the funny. We're kind of yep. funny together. A little bit. So I just want to say welcome to my friend, Kim Heineke. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. I've just heard so many amazing things about you that I don't want to talk. I just want right. you to talk this entire time. <laughs> Kim and I'll just talk like we do on the phone. It's perfect. And I'll be like, oh, this is the phone This call. is what we do. This is what we do. Now tell us about yourself. Well, thank you, Jen and Cindy, for having me. Like I listened to the Messy Table podcast and whenever you invited me, I thought, oh, okay, well, I don't have a flashy story. <laughs> and I start thinking, what is the mess that I want to talk about? And I realize 
that I still am the mess. Right. Cindy mm-hmm. can say this. Like, it's good that you're here and we've been friends for so long because right. you can say, yep, she's still a little bit on the messy That's side. That's all of us, though. And I love that you said that. But God's doing so much in just the everyday, ordinary mess. Yes. So. Yes. Well, I am a mom of four boys and I'm a wife. My sons range from almost 24 to 10. Oh, my word. See, and the good thing about being behind a microphone is you can't see the faces of people that get all contorted when they hear that you have a 24-year-old and a 10-year-old. Right. And it's not that I was too young for the first baby. I was a little bit too old for the last baby. It was a touchy situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I cried for, what, like six months? Was, oh, so it was, was born in January, surprise. and I think your last year was December. I think so. Because you did. were 40. Yes, when you I was delivered 40. him. Uh-huh. People say, oh, it'll keep you young. No, it doesn't. It, <laughs> keeps, it keeps you tired. And that's just a little game they like to play with themselves. Awesome. So All the moms who had babies later, like, she speaks truth. Exactly. She speaks exactly. the truth. Yeah. So anyway, but it's great now. He's 10 and he's a blessing. He's a gift. He's a gift. He's yes. sugar. And I'm happy to have him. So they're all boys. I don't know anything mm. about Barbies or prom <laughs> dresses or... Nope. Makeup, makeup, yeah. none of that. Shoes, hair, none of it. I know all things sports, all things weapons. Yeah, you know yeah. how boys we can have... make a weapon out of out anything. of anything. Pop tart, yeah. two bites. You got a gun. You know, it's, <laughs> it's easy. That's so I just I just know boy mom stuff. Um, when you said like, tell us a little something interesting about yourself, I'm thinking, well. If I made a list of all the interesting things about me, I'm not sure people would want to be my friend, really, because I like all things breakfast. Right. Cindy can tell you I could probably make a living being a spokesperson for humidifiers. <laughs> you know, I love, I love sweeper it. marks in the carpet. Yeah. A lot of boring stuff. I want to know what's the best humidifier because we've actually had humidifier issues oh, in the past. Wow. I don't know if I can tell you the good, best good one. one. Well, you I just sent you the link on Amazon that yeah. Kim sent to me that we bought and <laughs> we're in love with it. So, yeah. Perfect. It is the answer to all and things. And we can put the link people to in the <laughs> oh, show yes. notes for that humidifier. We First have of all, please chat. tell me this is not my claim to fame to a flashy story. Like this is this not going to go down to my claim flashy to fame, story. But it is a very important part of our <laughs> friendship. It is. So our group of women that we've been together for 13 years in life group and Bible study, if any of us goes onto our group chat mm-hmm. and says, man, I've got a stuffy nose or man, my chest or, you know, this is pre-COVID, of course. Every time you sniffle now, it's COVID. Right. But when she we would say that, she'd say, well, you need a humidifier or she'd send I a link. I almost can't make myself not say yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a true story. It really does help. So that's our little claim to fame. I mean, it's not even yeah. a claim to fame. It's just annoying it's just the old truth. lady talk. Mm. That's what we do because Kim and I are both 50. But let's be real. It's helpful. It's helpful. It's, helpful. it's very helpful. We're saving people. We are changing people's <laughs> lives one humidifier at a time. Okay, that's it. That's Perfect. all we're that's talking it. about. Now. I'm just an ordinary person. That I, and She's walk- not ordinary. But I am. I'm just an ordinary person mom and wife, like probably everybody else listening. And I've walked through some really cruddy stuff Mm -hmm. in life, but always seeing the goodness of God Mm -hmm. in all of it. Been Mm -hmm. in lots of different situations, you know, that when I list them out, I think, wow, that might have been a harder life than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. But for sure, still the best life I can imagine. And you and Chad have been married how long? Um, 16 or 17 years. (laughs) It was 05, right? Yes. So it's 16 years. 16 years. There you go. And a half. 16 and one half. The half counts for sure. We lost all track of time during COVID. Yeah. We did. I know. We really did. So, yeah. All right. Well, Kim, this is an intentional space for meaningful conversations. So if we could just kind of dive beneath the surface a little bit. And if you could tell us just when some of those times have been when life has been messy 
even in your ordinary, uh, but still God has just shown up and been faithful. Sure. I think I want to go back to kind of a beginning for me. Okay. One of my earliest memories of childhood was walking through the door after school and seeing my dad in this huge beanbag chair that we had, and he had been shot. And so he's covered up in this blanket, and I'm looking at him thinking, what is going on? And it was a drug deal gone bad for him. Wow. So very early in life, I grew up in a childhood where my dad was an alcoholic, and he was addicted to drugs, and it was a little bit messy. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a grown-up to realize there's grown-up problems in the world. Mm-hmm. And so in those times, I remembered from that time on that my mom really, really taught us what it looked like to depend on the Lord. She was a believer. She was faithful in prayer. She always led us. And she just kind of put up with a lot of stuff from my dad that maybe people that are listening are, are walking through the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I just learned from an early age from my mom what it looked like to surrender to the Lord and let him heal things. Wow. He was in and out of our life and in and out of treatment and in and out of you know all kinds of trouble really for as long as I can remember. Finally, he left us. And so it was just my mom and my sister and I. And so as a child, I grew up in a single parent home Mm -hmm. for a number of years until my mom got remarried and she married a youth pastor and a worship pastor. So that was like a complete, you know, that (laughs) was really, really different. And so probably people that are listening can relate to even some of those details. Growing up in a difficult childhood in a single parent family, in a blended family as a child without Mm -hmm. even knowing all the details. You fast forward a number of years and I married the man that I fell in love with in college. And we were married for about five years. And one day, like truly out of the blue, he just announced that he didn't want to be married to me anymore and that he was leaving. And it really was a shock. Cindy and I've talked about this for quite a number of years. It was a total shock for someone to say, by the way, don't think I love you anymore. I don't want to be married to you. When four days later, we were having our second baby. So we walked through that. And he eventually, after a few weeks, when my son was six weeks old, he left to chase a dream that he couldn't define and left me to pick up the pieces of my own broken dream. And it really was in those times that I remember thinking, okay, I have no choice but to do exactly what my mother did. When my dad was acting squirrely and doing things that were not great, she just pressed into the Lord and let him define her, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I did. Someone said to me, when a marriage goes bad, your responsibility is not to try to fix it. Your responsibility is just to submit to the Lord. That's a word. That's a yeah. Word. And let him do it. And so I thought, well, okay, I have literally have nothing else. Had no family around. I just had a two-year-old and a six-week-old baby. And I was going to do this by myself. What happened between four days before you gave birth and the baby being six weeks old? Was it just this kind of wishy-washy? Like, was he there for the birth? He was there. Yes. Yeah, he was there. And I don't want to say anything terrible about him because he was a good person who made a series of bad decisions that you can't take back. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So um, he's my kid's father. So I want to honor that. You know, I mean, we all make bad decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just at some point. It's best if you could stop it's making decisions. It's best if you would decisions. just make good decisions yeah. at some point. Yeah. Now, were you a Christian at this time? Yeah, no? good question. I was. I was. 
I grew up in the church with my mom. Mm -hmm. I really can't remember a time when I didn't know about the love of God. Mm -hmm. I certainly remember a time this time, whenever he left me, when I experienced the love of God Mm, and it became very real to me. But even when my mother married my stepdad and he was on staff at the church, it was a Baptist church. And so we went to church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday Wednesday night, night. (laughs) Monday visitation, whatever it was, unless you were bleeding like profusely from the eye. You were going to church and sitting on the third row. <laughs> so, yes, I did grow up in the church. Okay. But once I found myself all alone yeah. with two little babies, that's when I experienced intimacy with the Lord that never, ever would I have ever experienced had hard things not happened. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I want to tell this story. I was going back from maternity leave the first morning that I went back to work. And I remember choosing like a long black skirt that kind of had some flow to it. Mm -hmm. And my little two-year-old son, he always used to say, you know, he would like it when you'd spin around and your your skirt would twirl twirl around. And so I remember sitting on the bed or in the living room, wherever it was, and I remember him saying, spin, mommy, spin. And so I got up and spun around and and he'd say, do it again, mom, do it again. You know, you do it again. And and in those early days, I feel like all I did was cry because you're so broken and you're just so like, oh, I'm so alone, so lonely and desperate really yeah it's hard it's really hard so I remember him saying spin mommy spin and at one point we fell on the bed kind of laughing and he put his little arms around the back of me and he kind of whispered in my ear and like even 22 years later I I can still feel that and he said mommy you're my girl Mm. and he said it a couple of times and it wasn't long before it was Goodness, 22 years, it still chokes me. It's getting me. So. I know, right? I know. It's just one of those things. It was the voice of the Lord saying to me, you're my girl. Like You've grown up in a broken family, a single parent family. There's no broken family where Christ is king, as Pam Keneally would say. Mm-hmm. And now you're a single mom and you're my girl. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I really felt in my spirit that I'm hardwired for hope. Mm-hmm. Like all the things can happen. But there is still something in you that is hardwired to hope in something greater than yourself. So I was a single mother. I raised my boys. And and I'm just going to say, like, for me personally, those single mother days were difficult for sure. But they were sweet mm-hmm. because it was just me and the Lord and all my desperation and all my mm-hmm. mess, as you would say. Mm-hmm. And then I remarried to a wonderful man who is He's just really great. He's just I mean, good he's, as gold. Mm-hmm. He's so stable and he's so kind. He is definitely God's best for me. So he didn't have children of his own and he wanted children. I really didn't want any more kids because like reality says to me, you're going to be a single mom again. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the only two people that you've ever loved in the past have left you. And even though I loved him and married him, I just didn't want to do it again by myself. Mm-hmm. But how do you say no to a man who has taken in your own kids and loved them and and the Lord changed my heart. So we had two kids and then we're in a blended family. Mm -hmm. And by the time you're in a blended family, that is the messiest mess. Maybe I can think of or one of the messiest things because it's it's hard. It's so worth it and it's so good, but it has challenges. Mm -hmm. So by the time we get to this point, my older boys are now teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I really never thought that I could hurt the way I did through divorce mm-hmm. until I had teenagers. Okay. No joke. Just the challenges. Just the challenge. Yeah. Just the challenges. I mean, they're not babies anymore. And I would have been an amazing Pharisee back in the day <laughs> because <laughs> there were so many times that I would say to the Lord, Hey, 
I did not sign up for this. I didn't do this. I didn't do yeah. this. I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. I did all the right things, checked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And still my dad left and my husband left and my kids got squirrely and life was really hard. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord had to temper a lot of things in me to where I didn't think that I deserved something from him or that he owed it to me to not let things fall apart. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that you said, you know, I did all the right things, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're just being open and yeah. vulnerable here. And that's just the truth that mm-hmm. sometimes we think, gosh, I did not sign up for all these things. I went to church. Mm-hmm. I did the right things. I said the prayers and I'm going through hardships. And that is a testament that, you know, for you, Kim, as I know you so well, you you chose not to be a victim there. You chose not to think of entitlement after you got through those initial right. things. I mean, maybe it was there in the beginning and then God was like, hey, everything I have for you is a gift. Mm-hmm. And so when I think when we see life through a different lens, not whether we've earned it or mm-hmm. not, that when we see that what we've been given by God is a gift, mm-hmm. um, that will change that viewpoint on I did the right things because I can relate to that. I did mm-hmm. the right things. I was a good girl. I was faithful to my husband. I served him. I did the right things. And then I mm-hmm. also was thrown into a circumstance with infidelity with my husband, which mm-hmm. we've talked about on the podcast before, but just I get it. And I thank you for admitting that's where you were, because yeah. I think there's a, probably a lot of listeners who who maybe have gone through some hard things and they're thinking, I didn't sign up for this either. I didn't sign up for this, but I'm also not a victim. And Cindy, I never get that impression from you ever. So, Thank you. Yeah. I try not to be. I mean, just like Kim said, he became so real to me. He went from being God to being my father. Right. It was just such an intimate thing when all you have is God to lean on. You realize he is really all you need. Right. That's so, so true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the basis for telling all of that is to say, I did learn about the faithfulness of God in all of those situations from the time I was small. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a one day thing. It wasn't a one day thing. It was watching my dad, you know, who I mentioned be in substance abuse and, and he didn't die then. Mm-hmm. He went on to live a life with substance abuse, yeah. you know, before he finally passed away. But to understand the faithfulness of God and to understand it's not anything that I have done or not done. We just live in a broken world. We do. But to take all those experiences and see the faithfulness of God. So when I get to the point where my boys are really struggling through some life things. Mm -hmm. Those teen years. Those teen years. You know, those young adult years Mm. that you think. and, And listen, these were my first two kids. So. You know how moms are, parents are, some parents with their firstborn kid. I mean, just bless us. We just didn't know any better. We We just got wound up over things that I tried to control all the things. I thought if I said all the right words, they would never, you know, do anything. Anything. (laughs) But my oldest son, whenever he went to college, he kind of got overwhelmed with some anxiety and some different things like that. And with permission from him, Mm -hmm. I can share that he struggled with depression and mm-hmm. kind of spiraled very quickly. Cindy, I mean, Cindy was a, a rock during mm-hmm. those times to kind of walk me through some of that and help me with that. But I had to check him into a, a mental health facility because he was, was not good. He was not good. Yeah. He was not okay. Not in a and safe place. He was willing to go and he was, I don't know, was he 19 or 20? He's probably 19. He was almost 19. It was that fall. Right. Right. And I remember taking him there and leaving him there. And he had called prior to that just saying, Mom, I'm not okay. 
something's yeah yeah it was good it was good but it was kind of hard to connect him to the right well and, place. and he was always the okay kid oh like, yeah let me just preface like he was the easy. athlete he was just an easy teenager mm-hmm. he just was he was kind mm-hmm. and he just he was just easy he never caused me any but that heartache. doesn't mean he's not a real person with sure. real exactly. exactly so when exactly. that happened it was it was quite a it was shock a shocking thing for kim and chad but to take all those life experiences when all that happened and to leave him there. And I remember we sat outside at Qdoba, maybe like there were several of us after I dropped him off and we just sat outside in the mm-hmm. dark and they cried with me and enc- they just encouraged me. It. But to take all those life experiences where, you know, God is faithful. God is faithful. He will provide. He will come through. He will be all the things that you need him to be the master of the unexpected, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And to know that. My son was going to be okay to not fall apart, you know, in that season while he was getting help. But there were days that I was in the closet telling myself, you need to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to breathe. I couldn't even tell my closest friends how, I'm like teetering on the edge, you know. Mm-hmm. And Did can't- you blame yourself at all? Like, oh, I should have done something different or no, not I really. don't. I really don't think that I did. Okay, good. I don't think that I did. I never felt like, oh, I've messed him up. Yeah. I just, I mean, I knew I was a mess, but I also knew that. I just had a lot of faith in the Lord Mm -hmm. to come through on those things, even though it was super hard. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I blamed myself, really. Kim always says, pack light on that guilt trip. Yeah, Mm. I do. (laughs) So when any one of us would be like, oh, I should have done something differently. I said the wrong thing to our kids or our spouse. She would always be like, girls, pack light on that guilt trip. (laughs) That's good. Make a a, t-shirt. Make a t-shirt. Yeah. Perfect. It's good. Just give me one. So I think she, I mean, I can tell you, she did not like think it was something she did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the wisdom comes in with her is that she recognizes this world we live in. She knows the truth. We are a broken world and we have broken people Mm -hmm. who live in this world. And sometimes things are just hard. And so we could do all the right things and still get a different result. But our God is faithful. And that's the most important thing people need to hear from Kim Heineke. Yeah. And in the same month that my son was in a, a mental health facility, my other son, the second one, the second one, um, had a little skirmish with the law and his <laughs> substance abuse. And so I'm bailing one out of jail and I'm visiting the other one, you know, mm-hmm. at night. And it sounds really messy. And it was it was hard. But in all those things, I did feel this weird peace of the Lord, even though I couldn't sleep at night. And even though you're like wrestling with it, Mm -hmm. because through all of that, I'm telling you, I know that it was more about what God was doing in me Mm -hmm. than it was about the behavior modification of my kids. Come on. And I mean, unfortunately for them, they got caught up in my little lesson. (laughs) We know the familiar scripture, John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. We're going to have trouble. He didn't stutter. Right. I sort of didn't expect to have as much trouble as I did, but now I'm getting pretty good at it. (laughs) Like figuring out how to handle it. And figuring out how to handle her friend's struggles, too. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just trying to tell him, hey, you're going to live. I lived, so you're probably going to live. So I know that struggle is is not uncommon to us. Mm -hmm. And then there's another familiar scripture in Psalm 35 that says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I know that I have learned through all these struggles in all these seasons of life and all these parenting heaviness that where you run, like who you are in the night defines you. It's not that your kid was in this mental health facility or this kid was 
drinking a little too much and got mm-hmm. himself in some trouble or your dad left when he was young or your husband left when you had a baby. But where we are when it's trouble, that's what defines us. And so, I mean, that's just what I've learned in this life is that as believers, we're all hardwired for hope. If we just look to that, yeah. there's there's something bigger than ourselves. There's something bigger than our struggle. Mm-hmm. And our job is just to submit to the Lord. And good. I love that hope is always an option because I think there mm-hmm. are times when we feel like, well, that's not an option for me right now. I'm just, I need to survive or this tragedy is just too hard. And will you go back? I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about behavior modification because yeah. that's not what God's after. But sometimes either from the outside looking in on Christianity or sometimes as we read the Bible, we can feel like that's what he's after mm-hmm. whenever he's really after our joy. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what in you've terms learned of parenting? through that? Sure. Or for yourself, just learning that, okay, God's not just after my perfection. Well, and I think you're right. I, I'm going to speak personally. I am a firstborn. Mm-hmm. And so I have this little checklist in my head of what always should happen, mm-hmm. a good, clear sense of what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And I do not want people to think that I am messed up. But then after all those things happen, you just think, well, hey, secrets out. I was the only person thinking that I wasn't messed up. Everybody <laughs> around you can tell if like we are all roll just a little bit off kilter a little bit. And I heard someone say, and I would give credit, but I don't know who it was, that everyone wants to be perfect, but no one wants to be around perfect. Oh, yeah. And so there I was like raising kids, having this life, wanting everything to be perfect. And when everything fell apart, I really did realize this is not about the perfect little life that I could portray. Mm -hmm. This is not about the perfect family or wanting my kids to behave well so that it reflects well right, on me right. or, uh, you know, wanting my kids to be involved in this activity or not involved in this activity so that people will think I'm an amazing mother. Suddenly I had all this compassion and all this, um, I don't know what the word like is, empathy for, empathy mm-hmm. for yeah, other moms for sure. who are walking roads that are hard with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, other moms whose, whose sons or daughters are struggling with, mental health, like all of a sudden my heart was so soft to them Mm. and it wasn't hard to say anymore. Hey, I've been there. I see you. I see you and I'm with you or somebody else's child who is just maybe acting squirrely. Yeah. You know, it was no longer hard or threatening or embarrassing to say, Mm -hmm. I get it. You're normal. God is faithful. We just got to keep believing that he is faithful. When I think insincerity, we can see like God's ways are best. Like it really is a yeah. abundant life. But then we can also see that we can't live up to that mm-hmm. and nobody can. And so we truly need him to intervene. And like you were talking about earlier, I think that's kind of the difference between the Pharisee and the person that just needs God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. You know, we have gone through some struggles with our younger two sons. And um, my oldest is 22 and he's married and has a little baby girl. And brand so, new grandbaby. Can grandbaby. we talk about that? Oh, my God. She's <laughs> glorious. Her name is Ivy Sloan. And I just adore her. So it's been fun to have such joy there with that little grandbaby and no and Ella. But, um, you know, with our younger two, we've had some struggles. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I confide in the people that, you know, hold up my arms whenever I can't really hold them up. And Kim, without fail, would always text me, you're a good mom. Mm-hmm. You're a good mom. Because in those moments when your mm-hmm. kids do the things that they do, <laughs> 
And you that say, you said my kid will that never you said, do that. <laughs> and you've raised them not to do. My kid will never do that. Or if my kid does that, then I'll do A, B, and C. <laughs> yeah. When you say all those things and you mean you feel like an utter failure when your kid does the thing that you dream they would never do. Mm-hmm. And then you hear one of your best friends say, You're a good mom. You're a good mom. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some moms listening right now yeah. who need to hear that. Yeah. You're a good mom. Does it mean that you might need to adjust some of your tactics? Probably here and there. Nobody's perfect. But when your kid misbehaves, I want to tell you, that does not make you a bad mom. Right. They are people. Your children are people who make their own decisions at a certain time. I mean, age appropriate, you know, but like, especially those of you who have teenagers, just because your kid is doing something you never thought they would do does not make you a bad mom. Right. And I just want them to hear that. Yeah, I think that's good. Paul Tripp says it's not bad character. It's often just immature character. And I feel like God gave me eyes to see that, you know, in parenting is that I can love those boys differently now because I see them differently. Yeah. I see them with their own hurts and their own wounds and their own immaturity. Yeah. You know? So do you always say their brain hasn't developed? It, right? it hasn't. And, and, and Kim, this is Kim Heineke's phrase that we all live by uh, in our group. <laughs> it's they just need more birthdays. And sure. I think I've said it on the podcast, but like <laughs> that is Kim whenever. And it's really kind of comical because, you know, if I'm sharing something Oh, this happened again. And she's like, they just need more birthdays. Mm-hmm. That's and it's, it's true. a coping mechanism. It is a coping. <laughs> it is like, okay, yeah, they're not done. Yeah. yeah. Just like I'm not done. Yes, right. I've had 50 birthdays, but I am still not done Preach. becoming a better version of Cindy Beale. Yeah. I want to I'm be not even a better. Close. Listen. You know, I mean, <laughs> I want to get better each year. I want to grow closer to God each year. I want to do more things to impact God's kingdom every year. And so I need more birthdays. And And that's why I think there's such wisdom in listening to people that God's put in our life. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, scripture and him, but listening to people like you ladies who are a little older, a little wiser, have gone through more, have walked down different roads that I haven't walked through yet. And it's so helpful. And so talk more about this whole teenage Mm. life or having adult kids. Cindy, uh, your oldest, like you mentioned, is now married. They just have their first baby. And Kim, you just, was it your My first? My son just got married. Yeah. Yeah. This is your first to get married, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. She okay. got a girl too. Got we a both girl. got a girl. We both We're got so girl. excited. So you guys are in a whole new season yeah. of loving and parenting. I don't know if you want to call it coaching or just having friendship with your adult kids. I think it's just uh, kind of guiding when necessary. You know, yeah. I would say we definitely don't, you don't parent your adult children. Like this is what I kind of live by. Your adult children don't need to be parented, but they still need their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's a fine line to Ooh. try to figure out. I, my kid still needs me as his mom when he needs me and, and Ella as well and, and Jack and Seth. But, you know, I think you can't parent teenagers news to you guys. You can't parent <laughs> teenagers either. You got to figure that one out. You do. I think when my boys were very young and I was by myself, I was very, very bold in my conversations with them about God's word, mm-hmm. I was very intentional. And, you know, there's certain things that you'll do 
in front of your kids that you would never do in front of another adult. Right, right. And so since I was by myself, I would just speak really, really boldly to them mm-hmm. without somebody saying to me, every day has to be a Sunday school. You know, yes. I didn't have any attitude about it. Right. But doing all of that and making all those investments now that my boys are almost 24 and 22, I really have equity with them. Yeah. That, and I do love that because I'm not parenting them anymore, but I do still have a lot of equity that I can Absolutely. speak God's word to them in a way that they will listen. And mm-hmm. they know my whole story. Mm-hmm. They know all the ugly things, most of the ugly things, you know, in the story. Mm-hmm. And they've heard me for the last all of their life yep. say how faithful God is. And I am constantly pointing them to the provision of God. So in terms of raising adult children, I think it's really, really fun to have adult kids. Oh, I love it. Because you get to say things that are important on your heart. And you can also be like, kind of, I mean, you can't see me, but I'm like lifting my hands, like not my problem because it's almost, I don't, do you feel that way? I do. I God, do. You got this. Yeah. I, Cause right. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I've already, I mean, I have parented well, them at home and realized I can't, my words don't change anything. And yeah. I think with adult children, you know, my, my mindset is, do I need to say something here or is life going to go ahead and teach them something? And it's going to be a little painful, but not terrible. Yeah, I have learned that. So when to speak and when not. Now, Mm -hmm. do I need if if they're considering doing something that could really set them back for years, then, yeah, I'll probably, hey, intervene. Just say, hey, let me give you my two cents. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. But if it's just something like minor, then that's a lesson that that life will teach them, you Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. I don't need to enter. I kind of have this other thought about adult children. I'm generous with praise and encouragement. And I'm stingy with complaints and negativity. That's good. Oh, that so, is good. Yeah. That's kind of how I view adult children and just being life-giving to them as best mm-hmm. I can. You know? and, and my relationship with my adult children is so good. It is so good. All the things that I have walked through with them and all the ways I've learned to love them, mm-hmm. you know, despite all of our sure. uh, mess, mm-hmm. it has turned out to be such a really good relationship with them. Yeah. Okay, Kim. So you have a unique perspective that involves multiple angles because you have been single, married, divorced, single again as a mother, which I feel like is very different mm-hmm. than being single by yourself. Right. And then remarried, then kind of running a blended family as well. So over the years, I guess just what have you learned about yourself and what have you learned about God and what would you want to speak to someone in any of those seasons? I know that's a really packed, loaded it's very broad. No, no, I'm sorry. But, well, I do have an answer for that. For 12 years, I worked for Arise Ministries, Mm -hmm. and it's a national ministry for single mothers. And I was a writer and a speaker and director of operations for them. So So you have a passion about this. I do have a passion for single moms because I have been there. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to walk into church and people kind of look at you like, where's your husband? Or go to the grocery store and your kids are throwing a crazy fit and you feel someone's eyes look at your hand like... You're a good mom, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for affirming me. (laughs) You know, I I know what it feels like to feel like you need to be 100% mom and 100% dad and go to bed at night knowing you're 50% of what the kids need. And so I would speak to the single mothers listening, or if you're someone that you have single mothers in your life. Mm. You know, you, you have a friend that's a single mother. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can offer her some encouragement, but in these days of singleness, like your singleness is not wasted. 
you have a unique opportunity to speak boldly about the word of God Mm -hmm. to your kids and to model it without fear of what anyone else in that household is going to think. There might not be a man coming through that door, but there's also no one that's coming in to criticize you for how bold you're being with your faith. Mm -hmm. And I would say, take every opportunity in this time to press into the Lord because we are hardwired for hope. Ecclesiastes 3.11, what's it say? He has set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they can't fathom it. Mm-hmm. He's made everything beautiful in its time. I mm-hmm. mean, we're created for this space to want hope. And while you're by yourself, hope in the Lord, because someday or maybe not someday, mm-hmm. There may be somebody else and your attention will be divided. But in those days of being single, I don't want to be single again, but I don't look on those days as sad and lonely. I look on those days when I knew I would get up in the morning and sit in the brown chair Mm -hmm. and the Lord would meet with me there and he would Mm -hmm. be at everything that I needed him Mm -hmm. to be. And so just for those of you that are listening and you are a single mom, I mean, Pam Keneally says it best. There is no broken home where Christ is king. Mm -hmm. And so... I would say press into him because these can be the sweetest of days. I love that. I think of Isaiah 54 that talks about that your creator will be your husband. The Lord Mm -hmm. of heaven's armies is his name. I just love that picture, you know, that he's got us when no one else Mm -hmm. does. So, And so many times you feel like, I did feel like, oh, I'm doing this all by myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to misquote it, but I think it's Isaiah 40, 11. That says he tends his flock like a shepherd. Mm. He carries the lambs in his arms and he gently leads those who have young. And I love the picture of that because it's the shepherd who's carrying the lambs and gently leading those who have young. Mm -hmm. And I just often pictured it was God who was carrying my little boys and he was gently leading me Mm. where we needed to go. I like that. You know, because in our own minds, it's like us trying to corral all these kids. But, you know, God is faithful to to meet us right where we are and we just join him where he's at work in our homes Mm -hmm. in any situation and no matter what our relational status is or is not right right so kim i wasn't in your life when you met chad Mm -hmm. but i remember you some people set you guys up Mm -hmm. and mutual friend yeah. yeah mutual friends and you didn't have him meet the boys for, for a long time, a long time until you were pretty sure that this was going somewhere. And then the first time he did meet them, um, the younger of the two, he was, I don't know, three ish. He like ran. Chad wasn't used to being around young kids and right. he was sitting on the sofa. So the younger one ran up and kind of um, knocked him silly a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not surprising. No story he likes to tell. Yeah. Well, and anyway, so you guys ended up getting married and 16 years later, you know, mm-hmm. you've been raising kids. And I think it's been a beautiful picture to watch Chad, you know, be a technically a stepfather to those boys, but not really a stepfather. Not he's really been he's been their dad mm. um, in such a powerful way. And he has raised them and he has provided for them and he has loved them and he's got mad at them. I mean, all the things that dads do. Right. And so. Right. He's just good as gold. He is. There's the scripture, and I don't know where it is. That Kim, says, you need to know more of the I Bible. Know, I need to know more. I need to read more of the Bible, except <laughs> all of it. You sound like me, where I'm like, I know it's in there. I know but it's I don't in know there. Where it is. It's Surely fine. that's enough. Surely. But it's talking about a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, mm-hmm. you know, and that God sets the lonely in families. And so many times in my life, that scripture has been personal to me in different ways. Whenever I was single, 
God was the father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. That was a modern day widow because he moved all the way to the coast, Mm -hmm. you know, and was not around. Mm -hmm. And I watched God, you know, meet the needs. And then whenever, then whenever I got remarried, that scripture was so powerful in a different way, because Mm -hmm. here's my little boys that didn't have an everyday father Mm -hmm. at all. And here's this man who didn't have children of his own step in and be a father to the fatherless. And God set the lonely. (laughs) He sets the lonely in families. And so he's the immeasurably more in earth, Mm -hmm. on earth for Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. The way he has loved them and loved me. Like he's truly the kindest. He's so kind to me. So kind. I mean, in fact, <laughs> he's so kind to Kim. But what's funny to me in some some days where Kim was frustrated with one of her older two boys, and she was gonna, you know, withhold a privilege or whatever, yeah, burn him to the ground. Probably. Uh, yeah, yes. so mad. You know, when you're just so mad, which I guess you maybe nobody knows, but Kim and I know when you're just so mad at your kids. Uh, but anyway, you're so mad, and then I was like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" She's like, "I don't know. Chad's gonna probably take him out for food or a party or something." It just was sweet that he was so for them. And he is, yeah, he is for them. And I would often say to him, like, honey, you don't understand because I've lived in a blended family and a lot of the stuff he didn't understand. And sure. he would trust me on some of that. But there were times that he would just rise to the occasion because I would think, oh, this this particular time, this is when my husband is going to burn this to the ground yeah. with my kid. Because, you know, mm-hmm. we all were wanting to go dance in a knuckle junction yeah. with, with kids at one time <laughs> or another. A knuckle junction. So, another t-shirt idea. Yeah. Perfect. We should just open a shop. We should. But on the morning that I thought this is really going to go down, the son came into the office and we were kind of addressing something that had recently happened. And I'm bracing myself for Knuckle Junction. Yeah, for, you know, versus something terrible, how you build it up yeah. in your mind, yeah. like, this is it. It's not going to stay down. married. This mm-hmm. is, here I am. I knew it was going to happen. I'm be a single mother again. And my husband was like, today, you're going to rest. Mom's going to make food. We're going to watch football. And he was just showed him so much grace. Like, Chad, mm-hmm. he really is God's best for me. He's God's best for all four of our boys. Mm-hmm. You know, so such a beautiful picture of redemption and mm-hmm. also adoption with your boys. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's really amazing. Yeah. It's fun now to see them as young adults. It's fun to see them do some of the things that Chad (laughs) did with our family where they used to roll their eyes and think this is stupid or whatever. And now they're doing the same. It's ingrained in them. They're doing the same things. And I I tell him like, babe, I told you if you just hang on long enough, you know, we would see this come back around. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is the the message to people is if we just put our hope in the Lord, if we just look to him to be all the things, our provider, our redeemer, our savior, our healer, our everything, mm-hmm. we really are never lost or disappointed by what happens or doesn't happen on our journey. Mm-hmm. I really thought in my mind, my first husband was going to come back and this was going to be redeemed. It was going to be amazing. Like that was going to be the story. But the story was so much bigger than that. Mm. The story was I can do all these things through you. I can teach you all these things. I can mm-hmm. still redeem it in the end. It just doesn't look like what you thought. Mm-hmm. But when he is the fountain, when God is the fountain of everything, we're just never lost or disappointed mm-hmm. by what happens or doesn't happen. What would you say to someone right now who's in a dark place, who is in that place where things are a little shattered and the story has not gone the way that they planned, even if they maybe did the right things or didn't do the right things? Mm-hmm. What's something that you would just want them 
to hear and know, like right now in this moment, whether they're in their car or scrubbing dishes or running on the treadmill, Mm -hmm. that you're like, wherever you are in the world, I just need you to know this right now. I would say to you that God sees you Mm -hmm. and he is intimately acquainted with those things that are burdensome. It's not a surprise to him that any of these things have happened to you. He didn't just think, oh, did not see that coming for her. Mm. Like long before the foundations of the earth were laid, long before any of your days ever happened, this is not a surprise to him. And he is able to bring you through this. And it might not look like what you want it to look like. It might not be what you think it should be. That's the hardest reality. Mm. But he is always for you and he is always good. And his ways are always higher than ours. And his thoughts are always higher than ours. And they're just comes a place where you have to physically and intentionally release your grip on what you think you deserve and what you think should happen Mm. and just say, Father, I just, I want to know you independent of whatever turns out or doesn't turn out. I just want to know you. Mm. Goodness. That's a good word. I tell you. Okay, Kim, we always ask our guests about resources, books, podcasts, anything that you particularly like or mm-hmm. want to share or think that this audience is like, you need them to read this or check this out. Anything? Just a couple of things from seasons in my life that I feel like have been really helpful to me. The first one is, I mean, there's always a book for it's me. It's Parenting Paul it's, David Tripp. It's the, yes, yeah. it's the parenting, the 14 gospel principles that can radically change your family. Would you believe that so many people have recommended this and have I've they never said that? read it? Yeah. And I, I know I need to. Yeah, I good. even recommended it to my male girl. That I just I met. <laughs> Do you feel like it's more geared towards little kids no. or middle of the road or I, it's teens? more geared toward the parent? Okay. I feel like it has less to do with how to get your kid to do such and such. Okay. And more with would you just parent their heart? Would you just I'm gonna do it. You've got to read, read it. it. You've got to read it. Down. You gotta do it's, it. And then get Paul David Tripp said it. on so, your podcast. Oh, that would be good. And then let me come and sit and just listen. You can be my co host. Yes, it is so, so good. That's a great one. And the second one, as we're kind of talking about single moms, I would point listeners to AriseMinistries.net. Lots of resources for single mothers, lots of things that you would go on there and think, oh, they understand what that what that feels like. You know, lots of online Bible studies and writings and videos and just a lot of things like that. I would point women to that. It's good good for women that are not single either. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good truth on there, but it is geared towards single mothers. And, you know, the Bible, the Bible, Bible, it's a Sunday school answer, but there's really no substitute for sitting down and reading God's Mm -hmm. word and taking all that in. Not a book, not a podcast, Mm -hmm. not a show, like nothing. There's no substitute, Mm -hmm. you know, so... All right. Well, this has been amazing. You are amazing. I'm so glad that we finally got she to cross She is amazing. Paths. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she is. Any final words? Any just final words that you want everyone to hear? Yes. And I think I've said it, is that I do believe as followers of Christ, we are hardwired for hope mm. and bad things are going to happen to us just because of the world that we live in. And I want to share one scripture like Matthew 12, 21 says that in the name of Jesus, nations will put their hope. And Romans 5, 5 reminds us that hope does not disappoint. Mm. And I can tell you that as a follower of Christ, walking this life with the master of the unexpected, we just are not disappointed. It's a good word. Thank you, Kim.
Well, as Kim said, we are all hardwired for hope. It's something God has deliberately and intentionally put inside of us to point us right back to Him. Now, remember, as we take a little summer break, there are 100 plus episodes from some amazingly brave women sharing their tender yet powerful stories. And they're free. And they are literally one click away. And we hope you'll keep joining us. We'd also love it if you'd text this conversation to a friend or share it on social media, because one super easy way you can partner with us is simply to get this hope into the ears of those who need it most, which if we're honest, is all of us. So as always, all the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes. You can, of course, subscribe for free in all the usual places, wherever you like to stream. And we would love to connect with you on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. And last, as you head back into your day, your week, your summer with, God willing, some extra hope in your back pocket, don't forget to remember that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.